Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. September 25th, 2022, and that means there's three months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll be talking about one of my favorite Christmas songs, Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. We'll also count down the top five random Christmas facts that I've come across in my time doing the show. And I've got some great news about where you can get a little Christmas now in bulk. Okay, let's start the show. Welcome, Yule Believers, to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the show all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and everything else Christmas. I'm your host, Tim Babb, happy to be back with you so soon after our bonus episode that dropped just a little over a week ago. If you missed it because you only check for the show on the 25th of each month, I highly suggest you go back and check it out. It's episode 101, and we got Dave from Nostalgia to join us to talk about the Muppet Christmas Carol's 30th anniversary panel at the D23 Expo. It was a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. In the meantime, let's keep this episode rolling as we move along to our first segment, We Need a Little Christmas, now. We need a little Christmas now. This Christmas Now tip was inadvertently suggested by Seth Meyers on his talk show, Late Night with Seth Meyers. And finally, Christmas is now less than 100 days away, or if you ask Costco, six. Yes, Seth is referring to the fact that big box retail chain Costco already has plenty of Christmas items on display in their stores right this very minute. In fact, if you follow the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast on Instagram, you might have seen my photo of me posing with a huge Mickey Mouse nutcracker decoration that they had on display at my local Costco. The thing was really cool. It was almost four feet tall. It lit up and apparently it played music. But before I could find the button to turn on the music, I found the price tag that said over 700 bucks and I backed away slowly. Too rich for my blood. But it's still nice to just walk up and down the multiple aisles of Christmas stuff that Costco has out already. And Costco isn't the only one. I was at the home improvement store Lowe's the other day, and they already had multiple aisles of Christmas stuff up too, including their selection of exclusive Disney decorations. I didn't get anything in there either, but I am looking to replace my Mickey Mouse inflatable that stopped working in 2020. I'm just not sure what to replace it with yet, but it's nice to know I could do it right now if I wanted to. And for all you Halloween lovers out there, fret not. Lowe's still had a nice selection of Halloween decor available as well. So if you're ready to get a little of that Christmas retail experience right now, Lowe's and Costco are your best bet. And now it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. So I've been doing this show for the better part of a decade now, and as I do... Sometimes I run into interesting Christmas facts that I don't really have any place for in the show. Like, there's not enough material for a full episode, and there's no organic way to work these facts into a segment, but they are worth sharing. So, I decided to give them their own segment today as I count down my top five random Christmas facts, starting with... 
Number five. Charles Dickens had several alternative names for Tiny Tim. Now, in fairness, if I'd known about this at the time, I could have worked this into our fourth ever episode where I talked about A Christmas Carol, but I didn't, so I'm including it here. So the three alternate names Dickens was going to use were Little Larry, Puny Pete, or Small Sam. So what we know is, no matter what his name, this character was not going to be big and his name was going to be an alliteration. Number four. The most common day for most couples to break up is exactly two weeks before Christmas. Apparently, they did a study a few years back and determined that December 11th was the most common day for couples to break up. I guess the theory is you don't want to commit to spending Christmas with someone if you don't see the relationship lasting very far into the new year. The same study also found that Christmas Day was the least likely day to be broken up with. So, there's that. Now, I should note, this study was exclusively an analysis of Facebook posts, so maybe people who don't use that particular social media do things differently. Who knows? Still, interesting nonetheless. Number three. Santa's postal code in Canada is H-O-H-O-H-O. This just makes me smile. When Canada's postal service had to designate a postal code for St. Nick, they chose H-O-H-O-H-O, which when read aloud is ho-ho-ho. Gotta love those Canadians. Number two. If you get all the gifts from the 12 days of Christmas, you'd get 364 total gifts. Again, this is something I could have covered because we did an episode on the 12 days of Christmas, but since the verses repeat for each day, you are technically getting the gifts from the previous days again each day. So, for example, on the fifth day of Christmas, you're not only getting the five gold rings, but also another four calling birds, another three French hens, etc. So that when it's all done, you have almost as many gifts as days of the year. A completely useless fact, but I'm sharing it with you anyway. Honorable Mentions! Santa has more horror movies to his name than a lot of horror legends. So it turns out, a lot more filmmakers than you'd think like to make horror movies starring Santa Claus. I'm not sure why. I assume they got on the naughty list one year and now they just hold a grudge and so they're making movies to make Santa look bad? I don't know. But back in 2014, the AV Club made a list of 18 horror movies where Santa was the villain. And that was almost a decade ago. There have been plenty of Santa horror movies since then. By comparison... Michael Myers has only had 13 movies. Jason Voorhees has only had 12. Freddy Krueger is somewhere in the single digits, I think. So Santa is not only the king of Christmas, he's the king of horror somehow. What? Number one. More than 400,000 illnesses are caused by eating spoiled Christmas leftovers. This is less a fun fact and just a warning. The last thing you want to do is be sick right after the new year, so don't neglect those Christmas leftovers until they start changing colors. Remember, the decorations are supposed to be green, not the turkey. What you should do is stuff your face on Christmas Day so there are no leftovers. Really? That's your advice? Oh, I mean, try to prepare a reasonable amount of food so you aren't overwhelmed by leftovers? That's better. Thanks, imaginary listener that sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. Don't mention it. And that's my list. Got any other interesting Christmas facts you'd like to share? Email them to us at christmas at tancast.com. Speaking of emails, let's hear some of yours in our next segment, Santa Bab's Mailbag. Santa Bab, he is gonna read some emails from you. Or tweets. Or Facebook messages to Santa Bab, he is opening up his mailbag tonight. This email comes from Kieran, who writes, Good morning from Dubai. People think I am nuts for listening to your Christmas podcast year-round. However, it brings joy and cheer when the season is not around. 
I have been listening for just over six years. It was not long after I moved to the UAE from another Gulf state when I found your podcast. And at that time, I had to travel extensively doing a job I disliked to countries in the Middle East that I did not want to visit. I would leave the house Sunday night, Monday morning at 3 a.m. and not return to my young family until Friday just after midnight, leaving an all-too-brief weekend. During this time of gloom, your podcasts were a great company on flights to KSA and Kuwait and other lovely places. It's been strange driving to work in 35 to 45 degrees listening, or having the podcast play whilst camping in the middle of the empty quarter. It's a huge desert in between the Sultanate of Oman and KSA. I'm amazed with your consistent good vibes and positivity in a show that I'm sure takes serious time and effort. I'm sure you make many people feel joy and happiness. In short, you not just spread, but create Christmas cheer. Oh, what a lovely thing to say, Karen. Thank you. Uh, I'm also wondering if you have any other listeners in the UAE. I know you have many in Ireland. All the best and Merry Christmas from an Irish elf based in the Middle East. Well, thank you very much, Kieran. I now, too, wonder if anyone else is listening in the UAE. If so, write in and let us know. Maybe you and Kieran can meet up and be Christmas buddies. I'm actually surprised we have any listeners in Ireland, much less many, as you say. So, to anyone listening in Ireland, I'd just like to say, Top of the morning to ya! I hope you're happy! No. But I was just... No. Oh, you're no fun. Look, if you want the people listening in Ireland to stop listening in Ireland, by all means, continue with your horrible attempt at an Irish accent. You're like the accent Grinch. Well, accents aside, Kieran, I'm glad we could bring some Christmas cheer to you over there. Now, this next email is from Dan, who says, Dear Tim, I've been listening to your podcast since way back in 2016. Episode 10 was my first, and I've officially binged the entire podcast library four times, currently on my fifth. Dan. Wow. Just, wow. <laughs> I just have to say, this is not only one of the best Christmas podcasts, but one of the best podcasts, period. Oh, that is... High praise indeed that I do not feel I deserve and I am uncomfortable hearing it. <laughs> so I'm just going to move on to the rest of your letter. I am a fellow Christmas freak. As a matter of fact, I just bought two Christmas trees yesterday, half off. Oh, good for you. Your podcast makes it feel like Christmas all year round, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. You've even inspired me to start a podcast about two of my loves, Christmas and movies. Hoping to have an episode recorded, edited, and out soon. Any advice for a new Christmas podcaster? Keep laughing all the way. Well, thank you for the kind words, Dan. As for podcasting advice, there's two types that I have, the technical and the creative. Technically, I'd recommend the audio editing program Audacity. It's free and pretty easy and intuitive to use. I'd also recommend another free program, Levelator. It makes sure my voice gets turned up when I'm speaking too softly and turned down if I'm speaking too loud. <laughs> it's not as good as a real-life audio producer, but it's way faster and does the job pretty well. Also, I'd recommend buying a microphone. Now, don't break the bank or anything. Don't get some super high-end one, but I wouldn't recommend using the built-in one in your laptop. Not suggesting that's what you were going to do. That's just general podcasting advice I have because I've heard podcasts where people just seem to be recording out of their laptop mic, and I maybe it's just me, but I find that sound very off-putting and hard to listen to. On the creative side, I'd say don't be afraid to experiment. I've thrown a lot of stuff at the wall over the last seven years. Some of it worked and some of it didn't, but it was fun to explore. Also, listener feedback is great. Encourage your listeners to interact with you so you can discover what's resonating with them. Also, fair warning, this is the internet, and people can say awful things just to be funny or just for the love of being mean. I try to ignore them as much as possible, but we've been pretty lucky on this show because the listeners who listen to this show, for the most part, seem to be really nice. So, 
Thank you for that. Last piece of advice, if you can, get a friend who knows web hosting and the other aspects of the back end. I know that's really what helped me. If it weren't for our unofficial producer, Mysterious Andy, I don't know if this show would have ever become a reality. He set up the website. He got the things working right. I don't know. Like, I can maintain them, but he got it all set up. So thank you, Mysterious Andy. And thank you, Dan. And good luck with your Christmas podcast. Let us know what it's called and where we can find it. Now, this last bit of mail is actually a comment that listener Weston left on our website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. It was posted on our August episode where I picked five songs and made minor changes to their lyrics to make them into Christmas songs. One of them was the Earth, Wind, and Fire song September, which I changed to December. Well, here's what Weston had to say. Hey, Tim, although I liked your additional changes, Earth, Wind, and Fire released an official version of December. He provides a link. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Do you remember... that i will say i like my extra sprinkling of christmas related lyrics throughout the song a bit better all earth wind and fire did was swap the words september and december and they didn't really touch the other lyrics other than that although their version sounds much better because let's face it no one sings earth wind and fire like earth wind and fire i'm glad there's an official version of this to add to my christmas list to tide me over until i flesh out a full version of my parody anyway thanks weston And thank you all for writing in. I know I didn't get to everyone, but I do read them all, and I appreciate everyone who takes the time to write in. And if you'd like to write in, my inbox is always open, christmas at tancast.com. And now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered why we sing and eat figgy pudding during the holidays? How does the butter letter from 11th century Rome create the perfect holiday dessert? Join me, Glenn Warren, on Seasons Eatings as we explore the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. So head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back. So recently as of this recording, in not specifically Christmas-related news, Kelly Clarkson got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So we want to send our congratulations to Miss Clarkson. She no doubt achieved this honor due to her work as a recording artist, as well as her work on television, including her new daytime talk show. But for us here in the Christmas Cave, Kelly Clarkson earned that star all the way back in 2013 with one song, Underneath the Tree. Clarkson first rose to fame by winning the very first season of American Idol. By the way, how lucky is American Idol that Kelly Clarkson auditioned for that show? Like, that show easily could have been a flash-in-the-pan gimmick show where people just tuned in to watch Simon Cowell make fun of bad singers and then just stopped watching and the show faded away. But thanks to having a really phenomenal vocalist and musician win the very first season, it added a layer of legitimacy to the whole thing. I mean, that's just my opinion. I clearly don't know a lot about television. Anyway, after Clarkson won, her prize was having an album produced by the American Idol team. Her first single, A Moment Like This, went to number one, and it was actually the biggest-selling single in America in 2002. Now that she'd gained some clout as a legit singer and proved she was much more than just a prize winner on a reality show, she took her talents to RCA Records for her second studio album, Breakaway, which won two Grammys, generated four number one hits, and further cemented her as a force to be reckoned with in the music scene. 
her third studio album, My December, which, despite its title, had unfortunately nothing to do with Christmas. But after her fourth and fifth studio albums, All I Ever Wanted and Stronger, Clarkson decided she wanted to do a Christmas album. You see, she'd done some Christmas music already, like the American Idol Great Holiday Classics album in 2003, and collaborating with Blake Shelton on his album Cheers, It's Christmas. But this Christmas album wasn't just about celebrating the season. It was about freedom to explore different styles of music. As she told Billboard in October of 2013, I've been dying to make a Christmas album. I always get asked, what genre I'm in? Is this country or pop or rock? What are you? And what's cool about making the Christmas album was, oh, there are no limitations. We can do whatever we want. Her collaborator on the album was Greg Kirsten, who she'd previously worked with on her fifth studio album, Stronger. He was fully on board for embracing multiple styles on the album, saying, When Kelly starts singing, it was clear that she had the chops and had been trained to do anything. So they drew inspiration from Vince Gavaldi trio's A Charlie Brown Christmas, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, and A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector. The latter was clearly an influence on Underneath the Tree, incorporating the wall of sound technique that had worked so well not only on Phil Spector's album, but for Mariah Carey's Christmas album as well. Part of that included Clarkson singing all her own backup vocals. When asked about this process, Clarkson said, Blending is something I knew how to do from my childhood. Sometimes I'd have to do an alto instead of a soprano because they needed a bigger sound. But I've never had to do anything like this before. Doing all my own backup vocals, essentially being my own choir. In my research into this song, I did not see nearly enough love given to the saxophone solo in this song. I don't know if that was Clarkson or Kirsten's idea, but it really gives the song a classic feel. It adds a 50s or 60s vibe without dragging the song out of its modern feel. A truly masterful touch. And the song became the biggest original holiday song of the year, boosted by Clarkson's holiday TV special, Kelly Clarkson's Cautionary Christmas Tale, which Clarkson described as a diva version of Scrooge. The song charted on the main Billboard Hot 100 chart and reached number one on the adult contemporary chart. And here's a fun fact. Who was the first female artist to have the number one Christmas album of the year? Nope, it wasn't Mariah Carey. It was the subject of this segment, Kelly Clarkson. I'm really surprised you didn't see that coming. I kind of made it obvious. But music critics were constantly comparing Underneath the Tree to Carrie's All I Want for Christmas is You. Here's just a smattering from Wikipedia. Jenna Halley Rubenstein of MTV News remarked, If we may be so bold, it is definitely on par with other impeccable Christmas originals, namely Carrie's All I Want for Christmas is You. Sal Cinquimani of Slant Magazine noted the similar themes of both songs and that Underneath the Tree is likely to become Clarkson's very own contemporary standard. Melinda Newman of Hitflix wrote, It's a finger-popping, bell-ringing pleaser that could achieve that rare feat of becoming a new Christmas standard. That hasn't happened since Carrie's All I Want for Christmas in 1994. And I myself brought this up earlier this year when I was a guest on the Sounds of Christmas podcast. Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Uh, I know it's an obvious pick, but it flabbergasts me that this song is not as popular as Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Like, there's no substantial difference why they should... Not why it should not be as piped in every like it as synonymous with Christmas as Mariah Carey's song is like I that is just that is like it's one it's one of the few Christmas songs that you can act like you know popular Christmas songs at least that you can actually bop like there there's an actual yeah. like dance to you know what I mean like it, it has a groove to it 
Yeah. So it, it boggles my mind that that is not a, that that is not right up there. Like it's, it gets some play on the radio, but it doesn't get the same, like, Oh, it's Christmas time. It's time for Kelly Clarkson. Like nobody says that. Well, I mean, I'm sure somebody says that, but not enough people say that. And Ken, the podcast host agreed with me. I got to say, I am absolutely with you on the Kelly Clarkson song underneath the yep. tree has that agree has that classic wall of sound going for it. And it's just, it's Christmas. And mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe that, like you, that it's not on all the time that we get to, you know, we get to November and Christmas music starts coming out and people aren't going, where's Kelly's underneath the tree? It <laughs> should be. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Then I saw this recent tweet from It's All About Christmas that said, in 2019, media based report by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Underneath the Tree is the only new song from the past 20 years in their most played top 50 Christmas songs. So it is breaking through. People do recognize it for the modern Christmas classic it is. People just don't realize that they're not alone. That's why I'm starting a campaign this year to get Underneath the Tree higher up the charts this holiday season. Mariah Carey isn't the only one who can make us throw on our Christmas dancing shoes and bust a Christmas move to a song about love during the holidays. And let's not pretend there isn't backlash to All I Want for Christmas is use constant play during the holidays. What better way to take some of that heat off than by sharing the spotlight with another amazing Christmas song? So this holiday season, I have a special message for Christmas music lovers everywhere. Nothing gets you in the mood for Christmas like a great holiday song. All those great memories of Christmas's past come flooding in when you hear those sleigh bells, jingle bells, silver bells. It's a very bell-heavy genre. But there's one specific song I'd like you to remember this holiday season. Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree. Underneath the tree, Underneath the Tree is the rare Christmas song that, as you kids say, slaps. It's a straight-up bop. It deserves to be right up there with the other Christmas classics we hear every year. But that's up to us. We gotta show Underneath the Tree some love this holiday season. Download it. Stream it. Call your local radio station and request it. Do people still do that? <laughs> Great. If we work together, we can make Underneath the Tree as popular as that other ubiquitous holiday song from Mariah Carey. Which, no shade to Miss Carey, but there's plenty of room for more great holiday music. Don't believe me? Just look Underneath the Tree. Finally today, let's check in with the latest edition of Recastmas. We're simply having a wacky Recastmas time. All year I'm asking you to recast the movies and specials we know and love every Christmas to see if we can make something new, exciting, or at the very least, interesting. Since the last episode wasn't that long ago, I figured I would give you some more time to send your entries in. I didn't even have time to redo the jingle like I promised. Though I will say, I've gotten a few great ones already. Now if you've forgotten what Christmas movie we're recastmasing this time, let me play you a clip from the last episode. Let's go with The Santa Claus. Tim Allen has certainly made the role his own, but if you had to do a remake or reboot of the first Santa Claus movie, who would you pick? Thank you, Tim of Christmas Past. 
like the actual Christmas pass, not the podcast Christmas pass. We got, okay, confusing. Now, remember, you can use actors from any time period, actors at any point in their career. You can keep it consistent like you're casting in a certain year or pluck any actors or actresses out of anywhere in their time stream and put them in how you like. So if you want your picks heard on the next show, you can send your choices in by email, christmas at tancast.com, Facebook, can't wait for Christmas pod, Instagram, can't wait for Christmas pod, TikTok, can't wait for Christmas pod, or Twitter, where we're just Christmas pod. Let us know who you'd put in a remake of the Santa Claus so we can all have a wacky recastmas time. We're simply having a wacky recastmas time. And that's our show. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the Christmas Cave. We'll be back next month with more holiday goodness, and I'll be popping up in your social media periodically to remind you to help us make this a Clarkson Christmas. Let's get underneath the tree to the top of the holiday charts in 2022. And if you haven't yet, don't forget to check out our bonus episode with Dave from Nostalgia, where we talk about the 30th anniversary of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, I might pop back over to Costco or Lowe's and pick out some new Christmas stuff. But in the meantime, you old believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2022. Oh, Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! Welcome, Yule Believers, to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the show all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and a Christmas. I can't even say the word Christmas. Hello, it's me, Sean Connery, talking to you about Christmas. Yes, I like my eggnog shaken, not stirred. For all you Halloween lovers out there, fret not. Lowe's still had a nice selection of Halloween decor available as well. Home Depot, on the other hand, had a fairly meager section of Halloween stuff and no Christmas stuff at all. Step up your game, Home Depot. Lowe's is eating your lunch. (laughs) So, got any other interesting Christmas facts you'd like to share? Email them. Email them. Email them to us is apparently too hard for me to say. I've been listening for just over six years. It was not long after. It was not. Come on. It was. (laughs) Come on, Tim. You know how to read. 
you you can do this. You're seven years in. You should be able to read by now. The latter was clearly an influence. The clatter, the clatter, the Christmas clatter. Wait, that's a whole other podcast. Trademark restrictions. So it is breaking through. People do recognize it for the, what? Them orders Christmas classic it is? <sighs> it's a problem when I'm typing and not looking at what I'm typing. Modern. I bet it's modern. Okay. <laughs>